Thanks for listening to Adopted Believers Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Nelson, and today we're going to be looking at the trampled vineyard in Isaiah 5. So, today's readings are going to come from the ESV. We're not going to read this chapter. It's 30 verses, so that might take a little while. However, I encourage you to open your Bible as we study. So, today's synopsis is God, using the extended metaphor of a vineyard, shows how his people failed him and how we can learn from Israel's failure. So, first let's look at the planting of the vineyard. God uses this imagery of a vineyard to describe his relationship with Israel. And so, throughout this, I want to see how we can learn from Israel's mistake in the church, how we can use this to grow in the church um, using the principles that they failed in so that we don't fail those inside the church. So first, let's look at a history of this vineyard. So we talked about this um, before on the podcast, so I'm going to be a little brief in this. So first, God made a covenant with Abraham, um, saying that he'd make him a great nation. Then um, Abraham's grandson, Jacob, has 12 sons who would become the tribes of Israel. So God then made eventually made a covenant with Israel through Moses. So this covenant included the Mosaic law. This is important, which they were to follow. So this law, Mosaic law, was good and just. So it showed Israel how to think, live, and feel. So we're including the actions, thoughts, and attitudes. That's what God was looking at with this law. And so the point of this law was to show Israel their sin. Um, Romans talked about this, how the law shows us our sin. And then to show them that God is forgiving to those who love him and put their faith in him. That's what this law is for. It's to show not only that we are sinful, but that God is holy and that we can have faith in him. Um, And that's how Israelites were saved. They put their faith in God. Um, And I've used this language before. Um, They were saved on credit. Um, They put their faith that God would pay for their sins, and he would eventually through Jesus. And so now, obviously, we are saved on debit. Um, Jesus has paid um, for the sins, so when we believe in him, our sins are paid for by Christ. So, God gave Israel glory and splendor when they trusted in him, particularly during Joshua's reign and David and Solomon's reign. So, Joshua was not a king, however, I give his name, his, I call it a reign, just because he was the leader at that time. So, he was the people, he was the guy who led Israel over the Jordan River, um, into the promised land, and then conquered all the places. And they didn't conquer them because of their own might. Rather, they conquered them because of God. Um, You think of Jericho, how he simply made the walls crumble. That was God. Um, So that was to show God's glory. And Israel was glorified because they trusted in the Almighty God. And then David and Solomon's reign was Israel at its peak. They had financial prosperity, they had political prosperity, military prosperity, not because of what they did, but because that because of their faith in God. When they trusted in God, God blessed them. 
So notice the language Isaiah uses in verse 3, and we're going to see how this applies to the church today. So we've been talking about how, how God built this vineyard up. Let's see how he does it. First, Isaiah says, cleared of stones. So things that would snare Israel. Oh, excuse me. This was in verse 2. I made a mistake there. These are words that used in verse 2. So cleared of stones. These are things that would snare Israel, like sinful nations or wicked men. These were removed. Um, we think of Joshua going into the promised land. Um, they took out all the sinful nations so that they would not mess Israel up. So that they wouldn't see the idolatrous and the sinful actions of Israel and then do those. Um, God made the ideal circumstances for obedience. And so we should apply this in the church by silencing false teachers in the church and honoring godly humility and wisdom and sound preaching. That's how we're to apply this today. Um, I am reminded of 1 John. John talked about that a lot. How we're to not listen to false teachers. Um, 2 John is the same thing. Um, so next let's look at choice vines. Um, God gave Israel godly leaders. Um, we think of Joshua, Moses, David, Solomon. Um, they had godly leaders who helped them follow after God. In the church, we should seek to elevate leaders who are experienced and mature. We want leaders who love the Lord and aren't ashamed of other people knowing it and who have matured in their faith and who God has blessed with leadership. So let's look at the next phrase God uses, watchtower. God gave Israel his protection. That's what we get from here. So the church must seek God's protection and know that God's church will never be overcome by Satan. Sometimes church doors will close permanently. However, God's church as a whole will never be overcome. So finally, let's look at the wine vat. So God not only gave Israel protection, but he expected results from his people. God called for in verse 7, justice and righteousness. That's what he was looking for. The church must remember that we aren't a social club. God expects us to work. He's given us the great commission. Make disciples of all nations. Not only evangelize them, but also build them up in discipleship. So, now let's look at the fruits of the vineyard. So, in verses 8 through 20, 8 through 30, excuse me, Isaiah shows us what the bad fruits that Israel produced are. First, let's look at bloodshed. Israel exalted violence, and violence was rampant in the streets. In the church, we must not glorify violence, rather showed how it's used in a God-glorifying way, and only use it in that manner. When we're using violence for protection, whether that be through wars defending a country or protecting your family from people who seek to do that harm. That's how we should use violence, but we shouldn't exalt it in ways that are demeaning of life, in ways that make light of it, because violence is a very serious thing. And the Bible treats it as such. It doesn't treat it as something that should be made light of. It is a very serious thing, and we should know how to use it in a way that is pleasing to God, and only in a way that is pleasing to God. 
Um, another fruit that Israel had was outcry. Israel had unrest and rioting. In the church, we must not support any type of rioting because rioting is violent and unorganized rebellion against government. So, sometimes rebellion is good, but not riots. Rebellion, in a good sense, is like Israel leaving Egypt. They weren't chaos. It wasn't burning and looting stuff. They simply said, we're leaving. If you're going to fight us, well, Israel didn't fight back. They just ran away, and God God did the fighting for them. Um, that is a common theme with Israel. Um, and another revolution that I believe was done in a godly way was the American Revolution. They did not go over to Britain and burn it down. They simply said, we don't want government that's done in a corrupt way, so we're becoming our own. If you want to fight us, we'll defend ourselves, but we're not going to attack you back. I think that was done in a proper way, um, and I think that's a good example of outcry that pleases God. Now, obviously, I'm not saying America's perfect, but I do think they got it right. Um, I think that is a good example of um, rebellion that's not outcry. Um, and in the church, we need to have use biblical judgment in discerning what is outcry and then what is proper rebellion, what pleases God. So, Lex, we see that God, I'm going to have to be a little brief here because we're running out of time. Um, we see that God calls out hoarding of wealth. Um, God's not condemning financial prosperity. Rather, he's condemning financial prosperity that's not generous to those who do not have such. Um, when God blesses us materially, especially since we live in America, we ought to be generous. God's blessed us in a great country that gives us a lot of financial security. So we should seek to give that security, share that with those in our own country who don't have that, and those outside, and especially with those in the church who do not have financial means. Um, we see God calls out perversion of ethics. This is something that we see a lot in America today and throughout the world. Um, and we must seek to call that out. Seek to push biblical ethics. Ethics that are driven by God's word and not by fickle man. Um, we see pride is called out. Um, as a church, we must be the example of humility. And we see injustice called out. Um, in the church, we must call for justice to be executed um, by our government and in the church. So the church must stand for what's right so that society sees God, not just so a society thrives. Um, we should seek the good of our country. Um, most of the, my listeners, um, chances are you're going to be listening in America. Um, we should seek the good of America. But we shouldn't seek the good of America just for America. Rather, we should seek the good of America so that people know God. America will fade and die eventually. However, eternity won't. We must seek that the souls of those in America are ones that love God and above all else. So going back to our synopsis, God, using the extended metaphor of a vineyard, shows how his people failed him, and we can learn from Israel's failure. Thanks for listening to another episode of Adopted Believers Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out at our website, adoptedbelievers.com, for episodes and other resources. And like us 
on Facebook at Adopted Believers. <laughs>